0: impact we're so delighted that you are here worshiping with us and we thank God just for the privilege of being in the sanctuary and we just magnify his holy name we recognize that there is no God like our God and he is so so worthy to be praised and we just give him glory for all that he has done for us and will continue to do in and through us we just magnify him and give him glory Uh, today we are going to be in Psalms 23 Psalms 23, I wanted to make certain that we deal with something that would give us a sense of comfort and strength during this season that we're going through. We've gone through COVID-19, now we have the civil uh, unrest that's going on across the world. It's not just located here in the United States, it is across the world. And in times of this, we need to make certain that we remember who the Lord really is and who we're trusting in. And I felt like we need the passage that gives us that assurance, give us that comfort. That's something that's familiar, that we are all familiar with. I doubt there's anybody in here who didn't. At some point, I also watch us be a live stream who hadn't at some point heard the 23rd Psalm. It is in the books of world masterpieces. When you talk about literary pieces, because it is so well written, the depth of the theology, the profundity of the text, the message, uh, the insight uh, that you see in the uh, six verses is so profound. And so I wanted to bring us to a text today uh, that will remind us of who we serve, whose we are, and the great wealth of insight and strength that we draw from God's word in times of need, that we don't have to fret like the world, fret and worry and walk in a sense of fear, especially because we have the Lord who's our shepherd. And so I wanted to make certain that I had a passage that you would be familiar with to get it in your spirit to remind you to meditate upon and don't just look at it as you always look at it, but see it for what it is and for the, for the value that it brings to the life of the believer. Amen? And So we're going to ask um, you to stand with us as we read the 23rd Psalm. I want you to stand with me as we read it because it's so profound. And those of you at home, also we want you to read it with us as well. You can stand even at your home, we want you to read it. Uh, Though you may not physically be in the sanctuary, we still believe we are touching and agreeing and believing together. And We are going to watch God move in our midst because we believe that the Psalm has a word for us for this season. It's so appropriate and applicable. So we want to see this out of the psalm as we talk about the shepherd, I will fear no evil. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I prepared the table before me in the presence of mine enemies, anointing my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You may be seated. Lord God, we thank you for your truth, for your word, and we ask, O oh God, that you, Father, be with us as we study your word. Speak to our hearts, our minds as only you can. Lord God, for whatever you do, we will be certain to praise you and give you the glory. We love you. We ask it all in the mighty, majestic name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 23rd Psalm is a Psalm that has been debated by so many different individuals. The authorship is it a Psalm by David? If you look in the Hebrew, it is Ms. Moore by La David. Is it a Lumen of source or authorship or is it for him someone else wrote it? It has been debated. Nevertheless, the argument goes on to ask, when was this psalm written? What was the occasion? The im laban is the German phrase that is used. What is the setting in which this is written? And it is highly debated what the setting is for Psalms 23. But one of the things that I look at with this psalm when I read it and as I have read it over and over again, as I recite it from memory on so many occasions, I listen to the words of the psalm. And I think about the words that are written in this psalm. And I think about from whose pen would something of this magnitude and depth possibly come? I believe it is written by King David, who was king of Israel, the second king after Saul. But I do also believe that it was not written when he was a young shepherd boy shepherding the sheep of his father. I don't believe that these are the words of a young man who is sitting around guiding sheep along the way. I believe these are the words of a individual who knows. The depths of shepherding. But I'm convinced that these are the words of a man who has fought against a Goliath. He's faced the giants. And I'm certain there are many people sitting in here who can say, I faced the giants too, Roshad. These are the words of a man who has experienced being despised by his king. He's had to endure jealousy. These are the words of a man who knew what it meant to have someone hate them without a cause. These are the words of a man who had his life threatened, not because he had committed a crime, not because he violated the law, but just because God chose to show him a little favor. Anybody ever been despised because God showed them a little favor and somebody just wasn't happy about the favor that you received and you were trying to explain to them, favor is not fair. I didn't ask for the favor. God just being a good God, a gracious God, a merciful God, just sprinkled a little favor over my life and I can't help that God has been good to me. Sometimes God is good to you, but everybody's not glad that God has been good to you. David says, God just been good to me. These are the words of a man who had violated God's word, at least four of the Ten Commandments. And after violating the four of the Ten Commandments, God was still merciful to him, extending grace to him when he was in rebellion against the Holy God. These are the words of a man Who knew that he should have been stoned after he had committed adultery. Should have been killed after he had violated the oath of office he took as the king over Israel. These are the words of a man knew that he didn't deserve a second chance. But in spite of all of that, God looked down upon him and said, I love you. I chose you. I knew you before you were formed in the womb. And I'm going to give you a second chance because I'm God all by my holy self. These are the words of a man. You understand this? These are the words of a man. Who had to sit up on a beast. And ride out of the kingdom. That he had secured. And be pelted with rocks. And be insulted. And criticized. For his leadership. These are the words of a man. Who had his own son. To be subversive. To bring about mutiny. Within his kingdom to overthrow, to sleep with his concubines in broad open daylight. These are the words of a man who probably wept as he rode out of that city. And as he's riding out, he's reflecting, I can guarantee you in his mind, all of the poor decisions he's made, all of the bad choices, all of the places where he went wrong as a husband, where you went wrong as a father, where he failed his daughter, where he failed his son. These are the words of a man who is looking back over his life and he sees it in the rearview mirror and he can see in that mirror all of the areas where he went wrong. And he's contemplating as he is going out. These are the words of a man who had his own. Mighty men to turn on him. His own mighty men said, we're going to kill you because our wives have been taken. Our children have been taken. We've lost everything because we followed you. And those men decided that they were going to stone David. And David was like, please don't do this. And David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Bless his holy name. Anybody, you ever had to encourage yourself in the Lord? Anybody know what I'm talking about? The 23rd Psalms are the words of a man who understood what it means to have people wanting to kill you and take your life. Same men who would go and get him a drink so he could have a fresh drink from the fountain. These are the words of a man who had been banished. Listen to me. Stay with me. Stay with me who had been forced out of his kingdom, criticized, who had been accused of violating the laws of God, who had to endure guilt, shame, and humiliation. But in spite of that, he was able to come back to the throne. God placed him back in the position That he was banished from because God said, David, though you have sinned against me, though you have committed adultery, though you have lied, though you did premeditated murder, though you have done everything against me. I am the God of the second chance. I am the God who grant mercy and grace. I am the God who will restore that which is broken. These are the words of a man who saw God. From the mountaintop to the valley. And when you have seen God from all angles. Then you can sit down and pen the words of Psalm 23. In fact, I hope you hear me this morning. You see, you can't go and start reading this Psalm. Without looking at the life of David. In the panoramic view, you have to see it from him fighting Goliath to him being banished, but God returning and bringing him back to the throne. Because some of us in here say, I remember when I fought my Goliath, but I also remember when I was banished. I I remember when I was victorious before Abimelech, but I also remember when I was pelted with rocks. I remember when they were singing the songs about me, but I also remember when I had to leave in shame, guilt, and humility. But my God in his grace, my God in his compassion, but my God in his kindness, my God in his goodness, my God in his love, my God in his mercy, my God in his forgiveness brought me back and restored me because he is my shepherd. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Yeah. Yeah. God is a good God like that. Here it is. The 23rd Psalms. Oh man, you gotta see it. It's beautiful. I love it. Love it. And I know you have it memorized like me. But you gotta see who wrote it and why. The psalmist is writing this. I'm convinced when he's an aged man weathered by time. You can look at his face and see the the cracks and the crow's feet and you can look at him and you can see all of the elements of life have coalesced within his body and his being and you see it within his very body. He pauses to sit down to pen some words that encourage him but also all of his recipients and readers. And he begins just with one verse, saying some things that I'm convinced it should encourage you just like I know it encouraged him. He says these simple words. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I like that. I like it. He's very specific about who he's referring to. But then also he makes it personable. And there is a level of ownership that he says here. He says, I don't know who guides you. I don't know who it is you look to. He said, but for me, he said, I look to the Lord. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. He's talking about Yahweh, Um uh, he's talking about the great I am. He's talking about the one who spoke heaven and earth into existence. He's talking about the one who caused the sun to stand still. He's talking about the one who gave the Israelites the victory without them throwing one stone. He's talking about the one who gave them the victory by marching around the city. He's talking about the one who fed them manna when they were in the wilderness. He's talking about the one who gave them a drink from a rock. He's talking about the one who is their keeper in all scenarios that they find themselves in. That's who he's talking about. The great I am. I like the metaphor he uses here. I like it. I love it. He says the Lord is my shepherd. Oh, it's personal. It's personal. Personal. Real personal. To me, this whole psalm is dripping and oozing with intimacy. It's oozing with a level of intricate, shall I say, affiliation and association that doesn't come from a lot of biblical texts. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He used the metaphor of God being a shepherd. And if God is the shepherd, it means that he is a sheep. The Bible referenced both of those. But when I was looking at the text, I said, I'm convinced there are several reasons why he used shepherd and not other things. The psalmist could have easily said the Lord is my king. God is truly called the king, Jesus Christ, the king of kings. But he didn't use him as a king denoting his governance over Israel and the governance over David. He didn't use him as a king. Not that metaphor. He said, no, that that, that won't fit. For what I want to say here. He could have easily said that the Lord is my priest. You know the role of the priest. Jesus Christ served in the office of the priest. The priest was the one who made sacrifice on behalf of the people to God. Jesus Christ himself was that sacrifice. And the psalmist could have easily said the Lord is my priest because he makes sacrifice for me. But, but he didn't use the metaphor of a priest. He could have easily said, the Lord is my prophet. He would have been accurate in that because he gives us an apt word in the season when we need the word. He gives us encouragement at the right time. He lets us know what we should do and how we should do it. He could have easily said, the Lord is my prophet, but he didn't say he's my prophet. He said, he's my shepherd. Roche, why do you think he said he's my shepherd? I'm convinced that he said that he's his shepherd because when the king comes in, if he would have said the Lord is my king, we can only get access to the king on certain occasions. You can't just go to the king anytime you want. You can't go to the king when you are in sackcloth and ashes. You can't go to the king when you're disfigured and you haven't had a mani pity and a had your hair cut and you're smelling a certain way. That's why when Joseph was brought out of the dungeon, they had to clean him up before they could take him to the king. You can't just go to the king any kind of way. I'm convinced the reason why he didn't say the Lord is my priest is because... The priest had certain garbs on, and you couldn't just approach the priest in any kind of way. You had to approach the priest after you offered for sacrifice, after you had made preparation, after you had cleansed yourself. You couldn't just go in a dirty and filthy condition to the priest. You couldn't go in an unkept manner to the king. And so he doesn't say, The Lord is my king, the Lord is my priest. He doesn't say the Lord is my prophet because the prophet was there to give a word. And oftentimes the prophet had to go somewhere else and give another word. So the prophet wasn't always there, available and accessible for the psalmist. So the psalmist didn't use those analogies. Though those are key offices for our Lord. The psalmist used an analogy, a metaphor for someone who can always be present when you need them. The psalmist says the Lord is my shepherd because the psalmist was acquainted with what a shepherd does. You see, the shepherd is always with the sheep. The shepherd is always around the sheep. It doesn't matter how dirty the sheep get. It doesn't matter how weary the sheep get. It doesn't matter if the sheep are lame and can't walk. It doesn't matter if the sheep have pink eye. It doesn't matter if they are dirty and wet. It doesn't matter the condition of the sheep or what time of day. The sheep are always right there with the shepherd and they have access to the shepherd and they are in a mutual relationship. They are around the neck of the shepherd. The shepherd pick up the sheep and carry the sheep. They are always in close proximity. You don't hear me this morning, Impact Church. Sometimes you can't get to the king. Sometimes you can't get to the priest. Sometimes the prophet is gone. But the shepherd is always right there for you in your time of need. Oh, I love this. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so when you are in your moment of need, the shepherd is there. You say, I don't have time to go clean. I don't have time to shower and get all of this. I don't have time to get cleaned up. I can go to the shepherd as I am. Stinky, smelling, lame, blind, limping, all lethargic. I can go to the shepherd as I am because the Lord is my shepherd. Anybody know impact what I'm talking about? Do you understand what I'm saying? In God, a good God, worthy to be praised. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that he used the metaphor of the shepherd. Why, Roshe? Because sometimes, as I live my life, the conditions that I'm in, it's not befitting to go before the king and the priest. And I don't have time to wait for the prophet to come and give me a word. I need somebody who is ever present 24 7, 365. I need somebody who I can get to no matter where I am. If I am in the muck and I can reach my shepherd. I have mud all over me. My shepherd is there. I can't see my way. The shepherd is leading and guiding me. I don't know what to do. The shepherd will speak a word. I'm in the ravine. The shepherd will reach down and pull me out of it. Oh, the shepherd is there. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Some of us have been there. Some of us have been there. So we need a shepherd. I don't need the king. He can't help me. I don't want the priest. Can't help me. Not the prophet. I need my shepherd. The psalmist says the Lord. Is my shepherd. Why, why, why does he say it? Because he knew about the intimacy of the sheep with the shepherd. Oh yeah. He knew about it. Because he was a shepherd. He understood how he was always with the sheep. That intimate bond that exists. He knew the stench of the sheep. He knew that the sheep were not that wise. They, they, they needed to be led. He didn't beat the sheep. He had to lead the sheep. He didn't push the sheep. He didn't shove the sheep. He said, I have to lead the sheep and show them where to go. Because they don't know where to go. And see, the great thing about having a shepherd is is that when you don't know where to go, all you have to do is look at the shepherd. If you look to the shepherd, he will guide you into the path of righteousness. He will lead you into lush vegetation. He will take you by the quiet waters and give you a drink. If you just look to the shepherd. Saints, I hope you hear me this morning. Ooh, I hope you hear me. And the reason why I'm saying this is because we are in a season where there is fear all around us. Anxiety. I can't tell you how many people I talk to. You know, I'm just worried about what is going on. what, What is happening? We see protests across the world. Buenos Aires, Paris, London, Berlin, Australia, Germany? Germany? South Africa, Africa. And people saying, What is happening? I'm afraid. I'm scared. How are we going to make it in times like this? People seeing unrest. They're talking about bringing out the military and National Guard. And people saying, How do we make it in times like this? Then you put COVID tucked down at the bottom now. It's not important anymore. By the way, if you can protest, you can praise. We open the church up next Sunday. See you next Sunday at 9 or 11. And people are walking around in fear. But as Christians, as people of God, as those of us who taste to see that the Lord is good, I want to challenge you today. You should not walk in fear because if you know that the Lord is your shepherd, what will we fear if God is leading and guiding us and he is making certain that we shall not want There's no reason for us as believers to walk in fear and we have to fight against fear. There's always the temptation to be fearful to fret and to worry. And let me tell you saints of God. We have to trust God. We have to believe God. We got to stand on his promises and say Lord I'm going to trust you even though I can't see I don't know what the next step is but God I'm going to trust you in season and out of season. I want to pause and say something also to Families. It troubles me so badly when I turn on the television and I see black men, black women saying, I fear for the life of my children. I don't want to send them out. That troubles me bad. Especially if you proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Mr. why does it trouble you? Because we cannot live in fear. And it's wrong for us to transfer a spirit of fear to our children. I've traveled this world, not many places I haven't been. And the one thing I'm convinced of is that God is a keeper. I have children. Boy and a girl. But I will not transfer a spirit of fear on my children. Hey, I send them out. We have trained. We have equipped them. I pray over them in the name of Jesus. Anoint them with oil. And I send them out by faith and believe God will keep my children. We should not transfer a spirit of fear to our children. Stop telling our children. You can't go. No, our children should walk in the liberty and the freedom that God has granted them in Christ Jesus. We will not put fear on our children. I hope you hear me. I think it's troubling that the church of Jesus Christ, that the people of God is placing a spirit of fear on our children. When the Bible tells me in Timothy 1.7, he says, God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, a sound mind. And we walk by faith and not by sight. We will trust in our Lord because He is our shepherd. Impact, if the Lord is your shepherd, you got to trust Him. He's not going to lead us down a blind path he tells us in the second part of verse 1 what he says he says because the lord is my shepherd he says as a result of that he says i shall not want ooh in god a good god he says i shall not it is emphatic he says if the lord is your shepherd he says there is nothing that you should want for or lack because god is a provider god is a keeper god will protect you he says you shall not want David can write this on good authority because he has been in various positions and he has seen God provide for him. He said, I killed Goliath. He said, but let me tell you something. I was on the run from Saul. He said, I was in the palace. He said, but I've also been in the pit and in the cave. He said, and in both places, God provided for me and God protected me. And so I don't care where you are. You better know whether you're in the palace or you're in the pit, whether you're in the cave, God shall be there to provide for you. As if he's your shepherd. The psalmist says, the Lord is my shepherd. He says, I'm not going to want and lack anything. The one thing as believers, we have to get ourselves in a position where we trust God to that level. We got to trust him. Let me tell you something. This is not something you get to overnight. You're going to have to go through the Goliath, the Bathsheba's, the Shimei's pelting you with rock, the Absalom who betrays you, the mighty men wanting to stone you. You're going to have to go through it. The Nathan who brings the apt word to you. You got to go through it. And once you go through those seasons of life, you can sit down like the psalmist said and you can write it The Lord has been my shepherd, and I want it and lack for nothing. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you know that, just give the Lord a hand, clap, and pray. Just wave your hand if you know that God has been your shepherd. Even though you hadn't always been on the right side. Even though you didn't do everything right. Even though you didn't grant mercy when you received it. Even though you didn't forgive when you had been forgiven. Even though you weren't kind when someone had been kind to you. You weren't good when you should have been. But God was still your shepherd. He was still guiding you. Loving you. Forgiving you. Extending grace to you. Anybody know about the goodness of my God? Woo! Anybody been shepherded by him? Yeah. The psalmist understood that. And just like the psalmist, we can sit down now and we pen it. He said, Lord is my shepherd. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we had to go through. We had to endure. Yeah, sometimes you had to weep in Silence. Moan by yourself. Wonder what was going to be the outcome. Yeah, n- nobody knew that you were worried. Nobody comprehended how it was impacting you. Your body all contorted. But God was right there shepherding you. And now you can say it on the other side. You said, the Lord has been my shepherd. Lord, I thank you for shepherding me. Lord God, when I didn't see and didn't understand. Oh, and God, a good God. Any worthy to be praised? The psalmist says, "He he's my shepherd. He said, because the king, just is not sufficient. The priest, he can't understand. The prophet, I don't know where he is. He said, but when it comes to my shepherd, he's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Bless his holy name. In fact, I want to challenge you this morning. As we are going through COVID and we're going through this strife in our world, remember that the Lord is your shepherd. I hope you hear me this morning. Remember that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, He is your shepherd. When you send your children out, pray over them, anoint them with oil. Yeah, anoint, put it on them, lay your hands on them, pray over them, and send them out. And you tell them, "Say the Lord is your shepherd." He will guide. He will cover. He will protect. He will keep you. When you go out, lay your hands on yourself. Anoint yourself. It's okay. Sometimes you have to anoint yourself. I'm anointing myself in the name of Jesus. Yeah, it's okay. And you go out and say, Lord, you are my shepherd. When you encounter the trials of life. Say, hey, listen, I don't care what you said. I don't care what report you're trying to bring. I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. And I know the Lord has promised to shepherd me. And I'm going to trust him. And I will refuse to worry because the Lord has already said, I shall not want. I shall not want because the Lord is my shepherd. And, let me tell you something. You got to get it in your spirit. You got to meditate upon it. You got to hide it in your heart. And you have to keep crying out to God say, Lord strengthen me when I want to be fearful strengthen me when the anxiety tries to come over me Lord encourage my heart let me know speak O Holy Spirit your servant hears and you cry to him and God will meet you at your point of need because he is your shepherd our impact fact today is this I want you to see it the Lord is your shepherd so you will fear no evil we don't walk in fear. We walk in faith. And I don't care what is going on in the U.S. and the world over. The believer has to stand on the promises of God and know that the Lord is with us through all that we go through. And if you believe that, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Lord God, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, for how you do all things well. Lord, we have oftentimes fallen short. But Lord, you are there because you are faithful, God. Lord, we the sheep of your pasture, Lord, we are dependent upon you and we need you. And so I ask, Lord, right now, that you increase our faith. Strengthen us to trust you. Remind us that, Lord, you are truly our shepherd. And Lord, we thank you for that. I pray for everyone who is listening, watching by live stream, present here in the sanctuary, or for those who are saying, you know, I'm not trusting God at the level that I should, not walking by faith like I should. And Father, I'm praying, I'm asking right now that you strengthen, that you remind every believer that you are truly the shepherd. Encourage the hearts of everyone watching, listening, Strengthen and keep. And for those, Lord, who don't know you, would you save them, convict them of sin, and let them repent. Lord God, for whatever you do, we give you praise and glory. We love you. We're asking in Jesus' name.